Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by Preston Jacobs. Now today we're going to start doing the after show again. For those of you who are new here, the after show is where we take your questions, comments, or whatever else from the previous episode and discuss them here. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider following us on those platforms to get episodes as they're released. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, then please leave us a review. It would help out a lot. And also be sure to leave your thoughts down in the comments because we may may cover them in the next episode. Okay, so Preston, you've been gone for a while. Yeah, boom, boom, shakalakalaka, boom. Yeah, no, I was in China. (laughs) And there's no YouTube in China or Facebook. Why is that? Uh, You know, government. Oh, right. Government. Communists, of course. You know, they um, they think people are going to try to take over and stuff like that. And I think think they want to support their own kind of search engines and they have their own Facebook. They do. I, I, they have their own, they have their own search. They like some Ali. No, Alibaba is like their eBay. They have, they have their own search and they have their own Facebook and they have their own YouTube uh, Vimeo. I think they use and they have some other things, but yeah, no YouTube, no Google, no Facebook. Um, they, they have alternatives over there. And you were there for like a week, right? Yeah, yeah, like 10 days. Yeah, so for anybody um, wondering why we weren't recording it's uh, or you know posting the updates, it's because uh, Preston was indisposed in China. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in, I was in Xiamen, which, uh, you know, it, kind of in the south. It's uh, Fujian province. A lot of seafood. I ate a lot of seafood. <laughs> well, uh, by the way, I, I, I didn't mention this to you before we started recording, but apparently the day before we recorded the previous episode... They announced a Night Flyers television show, which will be on Sci-Fi Channel. Can't wait to see how they handle the mother-lover aspect of it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can't possibly like go with all of that. The movie, the movie, I guess, has has a bit of that actually. I think the movie keeps in him being the mother clone, um, cross gender mother clone. They change a lot of other stuff, um, but yeah, that aspect is still in it. Do you, do, oh, do you think man. they'll uh, advertise the host show as like uh, a George R. R. Martin original story? Blah 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 blah. I'm sure they'll try. Mm-hmm. Though though I thought it was can't. I thought see I've been hearing that it was on again off again. Like they were thinking about doing it, and then they found out that HBO maybe has all of George R. R. Martin's property. That would be smart and on their part. Do yeah, and they couldn't do it. So I'm not sure. Because George Martin is like Stephen King in a sense, where like Stephen King has a bunch of previous stories, and George Martin has like a bunch of previous stories. So they could do their own like uh, George Martin like anthology series. Yeah, I mean it's weird. To, I don't know what they would do with the series. Like like Night Flyers as as a story as a closed concept, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They, it must be loosely adapted or something. Well, HBO does, like, miniseries all the time, like Band of Brothers. I, I could see it being, like, four or five episodes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, so the first question I chose for us to discuss is an interesting question. that has to do with what's going on lately in the U.S. these past few weeks. And I want your thoughts on this. Uh, this is from Patreon. Ellie asked me, Carmine, what would you and Preston do if it came out that Dave and Dan, showrunners of the HBO Game of Thrones mm. show, were also sexually harassing women? I kind of know how. I kind of know of what Preston would do because he is a feminist. But I know you're kind of mm-hmm. against feminism. Not really true, but what, would you stop watching the show? It's funny that she says she would know what you would do because I don't know what you would do. But do you mind if I I go on ahead on this one first? Uh, uh, yeah. What What do you think? What do you think I would do? No, not I don't know what <laughs> you would what, what do, would but you do? I know what I would do. 
would you I would do? continue watching the show. I mean, I hope HBO would step in and fire them or, you know, uh, something mm-hmm. is done. Hopefully the people that they did sexually harass would get some sense of justice. But I'm sorry, I've been on this train for eight, almost eight years now. And I kind of <laughs> want to finish it. I mean... Uh, yeah, and here's, and I'll tell you why also. It's because, yeah, Dave and Dan, they're running the show, but at the same time, they're not the only person making the show. There's a lot of people under them, you know, the guy who mops up the fake blood, camera guy, guy who makes uh, swords. If we stop supporting the show because of these two assholes, then those guys are probably out of a job. I mean, it's, it's, see, I'm going to surprise people. I really separate art from the creator. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and so like, it doesn't, I can still enjoy a piece of art, even knowing that the creator of the piece of art is, is a piece of shit. Like, like, I understand that like Annie Hall is a fantastic movie. Woody Allen is a piece of shit. Like, like I can, I can, I can kind of make that separation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like Thomas Jefferson had, you know, took advantage of had sex with 16 year old slaves. Horrible. Same time. Really great writer, father of the country. <laughs> um, so it's it's tough because because we're all not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, I think if you look hard on anybody, you're gonna find that everybody's everybody's horrible in in their own way. Um, you know, it, it's tough. To, like Louis C.K., horrible guy. I love his comedy. Masturbating in front of people, so fucking funny, <laughs> so funny. Uh, you know. It's 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 tough. It's tough to know that like Roman Polanski did the things he did, like rape, um, Led Zeppelin and their freaking rape. Um, Led Zeppelin. I was I wasn't aware of this. Oh, one. oh my God! They had like these thirteen-year-old groupies that they kept as slaves. Like it's really, I did shit. not know like, this. Oh my God! Like yeah, Marky Mark killed someone. Like it's like all the shit. I know. I know. Uh, or he beat, he beat some Asian dude up to a pulp or something. Oh, God. There's all these all this horrible stuff. Fucking hate. Oh, stuff. Wow, Mark Wahlberg's an asshole, but I loved him in The Departed. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I mean, even Martin Luther King, like, cheated on his wife and was a womanizer. It, but at the same time, like, you know. Well, he was the king. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, incredible writer and, and th- things that, that revolutionized America and, ch- and changed it so much for the mm-hmm. better. But if you take any human being and, and you can find a, a bad part of them, you know, so. Well, let me throw you a curveball <sighs> question. And, uh, and I throw this at the audience as well because I'm curious to see what they have to say. Would you be inclined to pre-order or pick up the next book, Winds of Winter, if it came out that George R. R. Martin was accused of sexual harassment? Now, now everybody going, every, everybody loves saying, I was shocked that Louis C.K. Now, I would be shocked if George Martin, if it came out that he was a sexual harasser. Would you be inclined to pre-order Winds of Winter or even pick it up or read it? Oh, I mean, I'd, I, I'm, I'm pretty pot committed at this yeah. point. I don't think there's, I think he could probably murder people <laughs> and, and I might still be. Here's, here's the other thing I think about. Like, we all like to think of ourselves as, as moral. Um, but at the same time, we're not put in those situations. Like, if we had that power, would we be corrupted by it? You know, like, yes. would we become, you know... Would, would would you would you start walking in and, and masturbating in front of women and 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 things? I'm like so that. self-conscious uh, about my small cock that I wouldn't even think of it. But uh, <laughs> I, you you got to be pretty ballsy to uh, to to do that. I mean, or or pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I'd ever do that. But I but I do wonder about I do wonder about uh, you know uh, if you know if if you had just 
you know, absolutely beautiful women throwing themselves at you if you, you know, do things that you, you know, wouldn't normally do and things like that. Um, Oscar Wilde once said, uh, the, the old can't be faithless and the young can't be faithful. And it was a funny thing. Like, the, you know, old people like to think that they're, that they're all really moral, but at the same time, they don't have the opportunities to be immoral that, that other people do. So, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. So I don't know. If if we ha- would we would be 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 corrupted by the power? I don't know. Don't of course we would be corrupted by the power. Uh, it takes a special kind of douchebag not to be corrupted. But uh, I'll say <laughs> this: like for me, would I would I pre-order it? I would probably pirate it. Now I've, I've been pirating close to almost a decade now. Uh, I, I I was here oh. for Demonoid back when that was awesome. Mini Nova, mm. Kickass Torrents, Iso Hunt. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I would probably I probably wouldn't support George or the publishing company. But I would probably pirate it because it would still come out, of course. Um, yeah. See, I'm 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 old enough to know, you know, like Share Bear, and, Share and, Bear, and like that. Kaza. <laughs> I was there for that too. Back back in the day when you had to give your computer aids to download the newest InSync, I I was there for that. Oh yeah. yeah. Kaza, yeah. Uh, uh, Mesh, LiveWire, whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, I mean, is Pirate Bay still up? Yeah, of course it. Don't fucking ask Jesus. that question. Look at you trying to be all naive. You know fully well that it's still it's still up and running. <laughs> Don't even try. But no, I would pirate the next Winds of Winter because I wouldn't want to support him. Like, like, like ten years ago when I started pirating, I did so because I was in high school. I didn't have the money to you know go spend that mm. on the next you know Lord of the Rings trilogy that came out. Now that I'm uh, I'm 26, I have the Lord of the Rings trilogy on my shelf. Even though I pirated it almost 10 years ago, I still went out and showed my support and, and bought the Blu-ray. Uh, same yeah. with Game of Thrones. That's why Game of Thrones, that's why HBO lets everybody pirate everything. Because you can. You have two choices. You can pay the $15 a month to watch it on the website, or you can go to your friend's house or pirate it or whatever and watch it some other way. Regardless, they still want people watching Game of Thrones because they know for a fact that people will like it. And go out and do what I do. Like, I'm wearing a uh, Winter is Coming t-shirt. This was $15. I have seasons one through five on Blu-ray. They're $45 a pop. Winter winter is the name of your boyfriend, right? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) Preston's snappy today. He's he's, uh, he's snappy today. By the way, in 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 the previous episode, you told me about Tyrion being a time-traveling fetus. And <laughs> and user yeah. the ka eighty nine wants you to go into that a little. So uh, tell me and him about this theory. I'm assuming is what it is. D and D plus T. Um, you know, I've looked up this theory. Essentially, it's it's uh, based on the idea that somehow, like that that uh, Tyrion is a stand-in for Oedipus, and that eventually his future is going to 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 be to marry Danny. And have sex with Danny, and so it, it's kind of backwards. Like it needed, it needed somehow Danny to be his mother, and so the idea is that somehow Rago didn't actually die, but he was sent back in time um, into Joanna Lannister's womb. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! And, so, it, so Cal yeah. Drogo and Daenerys's child Rago is what you're is talking Tyrion. about. Is Tyrion? Yeah, right. What the and that, fuck? Um, right, and that that he got sent back in time uh, into Joanna Lannister's womb, and <clears throat> he was born, and so he's the stallion that mounts the world, and he's going to marry Danny, and 
fulfill fulfill the Oedipus incest aspect to it. Now, what's funny is when this guy when this guy came out with this theory, and it's it's you know it's pretty crazy and not and not um, not very serious. But I will say that weirdly, um, George R. R. Martin has another story about a time traveling Tyrion. Yeah, you, you, you discussed this yeah. in that one, of, one of the previous episodes. Isn't like a, some, something about Ireland or Scotland? Uh, like Finland. Uh, I was close. Like, yes, I, it's Sweden, <laughs> Finland kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's uh, about how the Russians invade. You know, Right, but it's about this time traveling, time traveling uh, dwarf that goes back in time, and and like uh, his 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 soul, his spirit is put into um, a, another guy. I mean, I mean, it's much in the same way as Bran going back and fucking up Hodor. Um, you know, George R. R. Martin works on the like when he does time travel, and he has a, he has like three stories on, on time travel, but they're always about sending consciousness back in time, not sending a physical body. Would sending a, someone's so, conscious back in time be easier than sending the whole body? Well, he likes the idea because he 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 believes like physical objects create create paradoxes. But if you have the consciousness, the consciousness is like you know very effervescent, ethereal, like not not having mass, and therefore like all of the the paradoxes would somehow be solved. Like the big one, the big paradox is like the grandfather paradox, where if you go back in time and you kill your grandfather, how are you going to be born, right? Mm-hmm. Well, George R. R. Martin's solution is well, if you send your consciousness back to Todd, and Todd kills your grandfather, there's no there's no paradox because Todd did it. Even though it's your consciousness, in it, when when looking at the timeline, it's Todd doing it, and therefore you, you didn't you didn't kill your grandfather, and you'd you'd cease to exist because your grandfather died. So this is his big solution to time travel paradoxes is to send consciousness back in time and consciousness doesn't have mass according to according to George R. R. Martin. That makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, I guess this I mean the D&D the D&D equals T theory actually I think sends a physical fetus back in time, but you know, really it would be more George R. R. Martin if Tyrion's soul Rago's soul, Tyrion's soul, is put back in time and put into the dwarf, and that it's his soul having sex with Danny and 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 thus having kind of a weird um, incest that way. But that's that's the time traveling fetus uh, uh, thing. It's mostly a joke. But when people talk about the most the most crazy the craziest uh, theories out there, everybody always picks D and D plus T. D and D equals T. Yeah, <laughs> as the craziest time traveling fetuses. So, so a lot of people have asked, um, uh, what, uh, where, like, what's the point of the Black Gate? Like, how do you, like, why is the Black Gate there? Now, for um, those for those of you who don't know the Black Gate, explain which Black Gate you're talking. Because people will think you're talking about Lord of the Rings, <laughs> or 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 Ultima. I don't know if you ever played Ultima. I have not. But the seventh, oh, oh, it was incredible. The seventh, the seventh installment of Ultima was called the Black Gate, mm-hmm. or the the. Uh, um, it was a uh, it was a pretty it was a pretty great, but um, but the uh, but the Black Gate is the the large weirwood face underneath the Night Fort that um, that Sam and Gilly go through to come into the Night Fort. 
Um, and there's the question of like where, why is that gate there, and what is it, what is it uh, supposed to uh, to be? Do you you remember this uh, part of the book of, of a storm of swords? Is that the part where like uh, Bran and Mira meet up with Sam? Yeah, that's where like they 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 uh, they run into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a weirwood growing inside. I've actually done I've actually done a video where I do touch on where I think the black like what I think the black gate is. Um, we'll go into it now. Like, what, what's going on with that Black Gate? Well, I think that the Black Gate, the Black Gate, we only know about the Night Fort with regard to Queen Alisane. And Queen, Queen Alisane um, essentially is the one that, that flew north, was impressed by the Night's Watch, and doubled the size of the gift. And she stayed at Queen's Crown Tower, and that's the tower in which Bran um, works Hodor while John is down fighting the wildlings and breaks up with Egret and jumps on his horse and rides away. So like the whole story about Alisan is that, you know, she, there is that tower she stayed at where she, where she meets the small folk. And then she goes to the knights. She goes to the night fort is impressed with it. Um, and then expands, she doubles the size of the gift, but then she also closes down the night fort. And, um, so that's kind of the three things we kind of know about her. Like, so I think that she didn't like something she saw at the Night Fort. Um, and I think that thing was the Black Gate. We kind of know that way back, the 13th commander of the Night's Watch um, uh, was sacrificing there. And so I think there's a sacrificial element to the Black Gate. Um, and my guess is that one other thing that Alisane did is she ended the Lord's right to the first night. That's where the Lord is allowed to have sex with his the 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 wife the wives of his um his subjects, and so I my theory is she didn't like that. Um, it was but that act, Lord's Red of the First Night, was creating bastards, and I imagine that people were giving bastards as sacrifices at the Night Fort, and they're going they're getting put into the Black Gate, and they're being given to the others, much in the same way that Craster was was giving babies to the others and that uh she kind of just put a stop to everything she said okay no more bastards because we're going to end first night first lord's right the first night we're going to double the size of the gift um to punish the umbers and the mountain folk for participating in that and we're going to like close down the night fort which is where like everybody was sacrificing so that's kind of what i think the 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 Black Gate was for. I think it was for giving babies to the others, just like Craster was. Could the Night Fort have, like, come before the rest of the Wall or even the other castles? Well, there is, you know, a lot of people have said that perhaps um, the Night Fort predates the Wall, which is, which is an interesting idea. Uh, that people look into, like, the architecture of, of the Night Fort and it being pretty advanced and having domes and things. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe something else is going on. We know so very little of the history back then, and the history we do know could be wrong because no one was writing anything down. So it's all just rumor. The Night Fort was the uh, the the Thirteenth Lord Commander. That was his personal like castle, right? Yes, he decided to become like a king, and then became the Night King, and so the King of the Wildlings and the and the and the King in Winterfell teamed up. And and fought him. Do you think when the Night King, when um, 
he finally starts marching down towards the wall. Do you think that's the castle he'll go towards? Because in the show, he goes to Eastwatch by the sea. Do you think the Night Fort is still his in a way? I mean, do you think there'll be like a Night King in the uh, in the book? Mm, I don't see why not. I mean, we don't really have any evidence of him, do we? No. Yeah, like, but like that's something the show set itself apart, right? Because like in the night in the books, I know the fact, I know for a fact that the Night King is just stories by Old Nan, and um, yeah, in the show goes out of its way to give us a real like major antagonist because we always have like these yeah. random characters who kind of are douchey but not really the main antagonist of the story, which I understand television and all that, but um, I don't know, like if. There has to be someone leading the, the White Walkers. They can't just be a random, random entity, nature-controlled force that just does what it does just because it's nature, it's animalistic. It's I mean, primal. they could be... That's the question is like, okay, do they, do they even have a king? Do the, do the others have a king? Um, they might be hive-minded. I mean, they might, they might be, you know, they might have no king. The show kind of made it easy, like... Well, if we want if we want everybody to win, all they have to do is kill the Night King, and then all of the 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 whites are gonna collapse to the ground, mm-hmm. like like Anakin killing Anakin blowing up the the control ship and all the droids falling, you know, mm-hmm. like or or God, I mean everybody does it these days, like the blowing up the ship in in the Avengers and having all of the the robots fall, or you know like why why that has to happen. Um, everything's nice and clean in uh in in entertainment these days you know you just just hit that one thing and everything falls apart that's why they removed Angai from the story even though we never saw him die or anything because you're right like shooting one arrow did i ever talk i already talked to you about the 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 kobold defeating the 25th level wizard i think you did (laughs) yeah like like the idea is that a kobold's longbow has a longer range than most uh than most wizards like spells spell ranges mm-hmm. so he can just shoot him <laughs> so same with Angai. Angai takes out the night king the end oh but but whole but thing was anticlimactic i, I don't want to go back to, <laughs> to season seven and i have i haven't seen your fixing season seven thing on purpose so you can like you know tell oh. me yeah i haven't seen it on purpose so i want you i want you to like to tell me like what you would change so we can you know go back and forth with that but um they could have made it very interesting because Angai could have been the f- I hate going back to season seven and doing this again, but Angai could have been the trump card, and as soon as he dies and goes down, which is what I would have, what I would have done if I was writing the whole thing, everybody starts to panic because he was the trump card and now we have nothing. Like, um, have mm. you seen Suicide Squad? Yes. Uh, like I, I never found, I never understood the reason why Katana was on the mission because if her sword steals the uh, souls of everything it like stabs and shit, then she should have been the trump card of the entire movie. She was mm. going to be the one that, you know, traps the uh, Enchantress in the sword. But that was never, like, a thing. They, she was just there because she has um, uh, Rick Flags' back. It just, it just feels like... It really is a missed opportunity not to have Angai there. Are, are you trying to say there are flaws with Suicide Squad? <laughs> How dare you, sir? It's probably the worst DC How? movie of all fucking time. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really bad movie. I'm really it, like even even going in knowing all of like everybody's stories like oh it's so bad I watched it myself and then I was like yeah no like it really is just a just a hot mess. Oh, well, well, it, Suicide but, Squad is one of those movies where like it would have been much better if it was a thirteen episode thing. 
Maybe they just they needed a lot more time to develop each and every one of those characters. Where every character has their needed, own flashback an episode, like Orange is the New Black. Yeah, they also needed they also needed Will Smith to not be Deathstroke. He's I mean Deathstroke is like the least interesting character. You mean Deadshot? They need Deadshot. Whatever. You're, see, they're so boring that I that I <laughs> blend them together. But yeah, no Deadshot. Deadshot was the most boring character and. He, you know, they, but it's Will Smith, so they're like, well, we gotta give him the, uh, the big, the big. We role. paid him twenty million. He's gonna, we're gonna make sure we get as much as we out of him as we can. Okay, so Preston, I got the next question mm. here, and it is from Wizmit Wizmut three, and he asks, "What's your guys' favorite underrated scene?" Now we discussed this just just now a while ago before we started recording again. Yeah. And uh, do you want me to go first, or you got yours? Sh- sure, sure, you go first. All right. So he's not really specific here, whether it's book or show. So I just do both. My favorite book scene, I was telling you about it. Was it Feast or Dance, where Jamie goes into Edgar Tully's tent and just talks shit to him? Oh, that's the end of Feast, yeah. That's the end of Feast. I, I love that scene. It, like, no, I, I, see, I feel like nobody really talks about that scene, but he goes in there and he talks shit to Edgar Tully. And uh, Edgar gets so mad that he goes, Kingslayer, I'm going to get up from here and I'm going to kill you. And Jamie's like, you know what, you may try, but... Uh, how about this? Uh, hey, uh, 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 singer, sing Edmure a, a song while he eats. Uh, I'm sure he knows the one. Ah, oh, love that scene. It, it made Jamie such a badass in my eyes and made me love him. And, but at, um, the same t- at the same time, the singer is from the Brotherhood Without Banners. So at the same time, it, like you're like, oh, crap. Like, like, like Jamie just got played as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's this, like the Brotherhood Without Banners is infiltrating this situation, and he has no idea, you know? I love how the singer goes. Is it the one with the reins? <laughs> I, I think he has them sing the. Is it the floppy fish song? Yeah, it's the floppy fish song. <laughs> and my favorite show scene is um, the one where uh, Stannis is talking to John, and he goes, uh, uh, "Put your sword at my feet, and you'll before me, and you'll rise again as John Stark, Lord of Winterfell." I, I love that scene, and the song really makes it. Like I know a lot of people get on the show's case a lot. Especially you, but you got to admit, <laughs> you got to admit, one of the best parts about the show is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely. Oh yeah, fantastic. it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. The um, let me think. Like so for the show, I mean, I've I've there's certain scenes that I've talked up before, so it's no surprise. Like I think that the the show's uh, scene of Theon um, complaining about about how horrible it was. It, this right before Ramsay, right before um, actually, it's it's the show. So right before the ironborn turn on him mm-hmm. and and um and maester lewin is telling him to take the black like like uh theon theon does a speech about how how you know do you understand what it's like to be told that you should be grateful for being a hostage and all this stuff and it, it's such a well acted scene but i've 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 talked about how much i love that scene before well that scene isn't spoken about much and i was surprised when you said yeah. this because you said this back during uh the season seven reviews you said that that scene actually adds to what we saw in the books yeah yeah it's it's one of those situations where i think the show improved on the uh on the um on the on the show uh on the books um I, I mean, I'm a big fan of and it's funny because we're talking about jamie and edmure like i'm a big fan actually of of the season six scene between Jamie and Edmure, where 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 he's kind of says, you know, I'm, I I'm only worried about I'm I only care about getting back to Cersei. I think that was really well done. Um, now for for like some book scenes that I think that 
that I love that people don't talk about. Um, I really love uh, Asha's long march uh, towards Winterfell and and the interaction between the the southern uh, the southern lords and the and the and the um, and the the mountain clans or the uh, the hill clans, mm-hmm. um, the, the the northern ones, not the Vale ones. Um, they have some uh, they have some great interaction uh, about you know war and their perspective on on everything and I you know there's there's this incredible speech where one of the the northern uh, uh, mountain clan guy says you know oh I want to live forever you know isn't that great you know like like sarcastically you know he's like they're like oh do you want to die and he's like no I want to live forever you know so it's there's there's some um, I I really enjoy I really enjoy that whole uh, that's my favorite aspect of dance is is the Theon sitting there awaiting Stannis coming and Asha being part of Stannis's march and those two plots slowly coming together. Um, I'm a big fan of that, and so I think the uh, I think I think the Asha the later Asha chapters like once she's she's captured and and she's getting um, chatted up by you know Justin Massey and stuff like that. I, I think those are really are really great fun chapters even though they're they're so dreary um and yeah people don't talk them up that much like that you know when i when i hear of people's favorite chapters they tend to talk about like the the broken man speech from from the brianne story or or um the king's moot or you know things like they that. almost had or, the broken man speech in the show almost yeah. um a lot of people talk about you know how incredible the Battle of the Blackwater is, and and the, these are kind of you know the, the the famous famous ones that 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 fans really love. But yeah, they, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that of um of uh of yeah the 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 Asha chapters as well. And no one ever talks about you know the Asha chapters, but I think they're they're done pretty well. You you, you spoke plenty about the Asha chapters in the last video. <laughs> <laughs> the Wayward Bride. I mean, the Wayward Bride. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you do all the cringy sex scenes. I'm gonna have you do the reading. <laughs> Eventually, the yeah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna play se- uh, Preston Sexy Time compilation video where you where you where you put all the cringy where you read all out all the cringy sex scenes. Uh, but but this actually ties into our next question. Someone said mm. uh, two characters in the books whose chapter you're looking forward to the most for Winds of Winter. I think I already know Preston's answer, uh, mm. but Carmine doesn't really talk about the books that much. Want to hear his answer the most as well. Uh, for me, I, I really want to see what happens with Davos because the last time we see Davos, oh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, he's he has a mission from uh, Manderly to go get Rickham back. Yeah, and we don't yeah. really see uh, Skagos. I believe that's what it's called, Skagos. Right, right. We don't really see that in the show, so I'm curious to see like what's going on there. And the other person I'm really interested in seeing what happens to next is Euron. Euron, I feel like is like one of the sleeper sleeper characters in the, in the books who comes out of nowhere and just turns everything upside down. And I was going to ask you, like, because I was trying to find the Forsaken chapter where he has, like, Valyrian steel armor. Yeah. Go into, like, Valyrian... Like, we, I don't think we've seen that before. No, we haven't. And actually, he... he um, uh, Aaron makes a, a, a big deal of it, actually. Yeah, I mean, the, the I would say that the chapters I'm most looking forward to are, are, are Samwell and and another Aaron chapter. Um I think the the Forsaken chapter is really really excellent. I would say it's top five chapters of the book. Uh, some people's favorite now. In general, uh, like uh, all 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 the books so far. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had to list my like favorite chapters, I would say like the last Daenerys chapter of A Game of Thrones. Um, I think the King's Moot, which is the Drowned Man chapter, is, is really incredible. Um, I think Cersei for A Feast for Crows is is brilliant. It's that's the Small Council, Cersei's mm-hmm. Small Council, and it's it's so funny <laughs> and, and and really well done. Um, but yeah, when the Forsaken chapter came out and we all listened to it, it was just I mean, we we just everyone's jaws had just dropped. That it's, was the one where you so had the, the breakfast with George R. R. Martin. He read it. Well, he didn't read it at the breakfast, so he. But it was the same, yeah, the same weekend where where we went to Balticon, and um, he had he had a reading, and so we go we go into the into the reading, and and um, I was I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a dickhead, so I so this voting came out where he's like he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna have, you know, you guys choose which one which one I'm gonna read. So he's like I've got, and he's like I've got. Um, uh, a passage about uh, Magor and Aenys, um, the two brother Targaryens. That uh, I can read that, or I can read, you know, the Mercy chapter, um, and then you know people kind of like you know clap or cheer after each one, and then he's and then he's like, or I can read this chapter from uh, the Damp Hair, and I scream out, you know. Aaron King and I, I, I befriended this this woman, and she yells it out too. Aaron King, and then we both start chanting Aaron King as if it's the king's mood. Aaron King, and we got a good, you know, like hundred people to start chanting. But I think like like George looked kind of annoyed on stage, mm-hmm. and he's just like he's like, well, don't he's like, you know, let other people like you know vote on stuff like uh, you know like he he didn't like this huge chant that we i thought it was hilarious that it was like that i we'd made it into the king's mood but uh he seemed pretty annoyed by it but yeah he read it he read it and it was um it's a pretty it's a pretty awesome chapter i've done a lot of uh work on on analysis of it i did a prepping for winter series so if you google prepping for winter you'll you'll It'll pop up, and I have a link to. Is the, that true? To the um, to the Forsaken chapter in there. <laughs> Prepping for winter. Hold on, let me just put Game of Thrones in here. <laughs> Cause oh, there yeah. it is. Holy shit! You'd fucking dominate it. I put Prepping for Winter ASOIF. You fucking dominate. The, oh wow, you dominate the entire search result. Good shit, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you can you can do that. I go line by line. With the prepping for winter, analyzing it, and actually with with Aaron with Aaron's chapter there, it's kind of needed. Like he, like George R. R. Martin is making a ton of biblical references through there, mm-hmm. but also he's making a ton of allusions to Bran, Arya, and Danny, like constantly, like like you know nearly nearly every line but, is but like what referring to something. Like like walk us through it. So the Forsaken, um, so all the all the Winds of Winter chapters so far really are uh, the characters are kind of places we didn't expect them to be mm-hmm. like uh you know sansa is is uh, they're about to have a attorney which we're not expecting or like you know aria is at a play in, in mercy or Ar- ariana is you know trekking across the stormlands like all these things we couldn't have guessed and so the last time we saw aaron he was on he was at the king's moot and in a Dance with Dragons, um, Asha thinks about Aaron and 
they all assume that he's gone underground and is leading a resistance on on the Iron Islands. And so that's where we kind of thought Aaron was all of this time. But it turns out we were wrong that actually this entire time Euron had captured him shortly after the King's Moot. And it follows, um, it, the, the, the chapter actually follows several months. Uh, so it's much, it's, it's much like the third brand chapter in that it takes place over many months, which is um, a rarity. I'm trying to think of any other chapters. Or many like months that besides... after Dance of Dragons? Um, yes. Hmm. It's many, it's many, it, it takes place, if you remember, the King's Moot happens fairly early in A Feast for Crows, and fairly early, early timeline-wise. Like, it happens, um, I mean, the King's Moot is happening uh, contemporary with some events at the end of A Storm of Swords. And so, the Aeron chapter, the damper, like that one, the Forsaken chapter covers, like, events all the way from the end of the King's Moot, all the way to uh, a couple months, probably a month after the Dance with Dragons epilogue. Yeah. Because in the, in the Dance with Dragons epilogue, the Redwine fleet is only rounding Dorne, and now the Redwine fleet has made it to Old Town. And so we're, we're, um, we're, way, we're way past, like, yeah. So we, we cover all of this time with Aaron. Uh, in that chapter. So he's been captured by Euron and he's, um, he's getting tortured. Uh, he's first on the shield islands. And so you get events that are happening contemporary with the Reaver chapter. And then they make it to old town and it's following up on a lot of the events that Sam saw in Samuel five. And so the, um, yeah, yeah, you're getting, you're getting all of this period of time, but, uh, yeah, he's getting tortured in it, and 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 there's various torture. I don't want to spoil the whole thing for you if you if you haven't read it, but no, I I um, I've heard, I've, I think I heard you talk about it once, but that was ages ago. I was trying to find it, I couldn't find it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's just a excellent chapter where so much excite, like it's the way it's written is is horrific and detailed. Well, we'll and, go into it. Spoiler yeah. alert, by the way, for everybody. If you All right, wanna, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Go into it really really quick. Well, you find out that so, like like Bran at the end of of a Clash of Kings, where he's he's been kept in the dark, in in the uh, in 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 the Winterfell crypts. Like Aaron is getting kept in the dark, in the dungeon, and we go into and, and we have a lot of characters that have been in dungeons over the course of of, of our story. Mm-hmm. Jamie Davos many times, uh, Ned, but um, and so you get callback. You're getting these callbacks to those characters. But um, he, uh, he's getting tortured, and then Euron comes down with Shade of the Evening, you know, the drink that Danny drank um, in the House of the Undying. And he's, he force-feeds Aaron uh, Shade of the Evening. And so Aaron ends up having these visions of things that are going to happen next. Like he, he sees, you know, bloody water and, and, and burning Greyjoy ships and things like this and and then um, he's then visited by Philea Flowers who is the girl is Euron's girlfriend from the Reaver chapter and she comes down and starts telling stories about what's been going on and then um, Euron visits them again and he force feeds 
him shade of the evening. You also learn about Aaron's backstory. You learn that he was actually molested by Euron. Um, yeah. Uh, and this is a big thing, which, if, if, you know, because if you remember the Aaron story, he kept hearing this rusted hinge. And everyone's like, what does that rusted hinge mean? Well, the rusted hinge was what he heard when Euron would come in and, and, and molest him. And, um, and so he has more visions of, of a woman, a white fire woman, and, and all of these dead gods. And, and, uh, and then after all of this torture and these, and these multi, multiple visions, then the, the warlocks are brought in with him along with like a, a, a faith of the seven priests and a uh, red priest and you know euron's just confused like what's going on here and then euron orders that they're all pulled out and they're and they're in the arbor and they're they're preparing for to they're preparing for their battle with um with the red wine fleet and uh euron has aaron strapped to the bow of the silence along with Philea flowers and you know they go off to to war like um with him with this, this vision of like this the scene of of Aaron strapped to the prow of the silence Euron wearing a valyrian steel armor um and you know everyone going off into battle and this just like it's just the craziest kind of setup and scene uh it's brilliant um wait where did a, he get the it, uh the 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 shade, the the shade of the the shade of the evening. There you go. Uh, wh- where did he get that from? Well, in the Reaver chapter, um, Euron claims that outside of Carth, he he came upon uh, a, a warlocks on a ship. That he came upon four of them, and we know that's Piat Pri. Uh, at least one of them was Piat Pri, because also we hear about when when Zaro goes to visit Danny, he mentions that, oh yeah, Piat Pri and three other warlocks like left Karth like seeking revenge on you. Um, so Euron apparently captured them. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where we don't know what happened to the other two warlocks. He said that he can like Euron claims in the Reaver chapter that he chopped up one of the warlocks and fed him to the other two. So we don't know where the fourth one is. Um, and uh, one of the warlocks, for some reason, is is saying the name Pre over and over again. We don't know why. If that is Pre, or if he's say he's trying to say something to Piat Pre, or we don't know. But um, the uh, so he got the shade of the evening from the warlock ship, and so he's been drinking shade of the evening and getting these visions. Um, you know, shade of the evening is you know the psychotropic drug that enhances your telepathic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it allows you to have visions, much like werewood paste, the, the what what Bran eats, you know, uh, when he's when he's with Bloodraven in the werewood. And so uh, Euron's been drinking this stuff. He tries to get Victarion to drink it in the Reaver chapter, but yeah, he force feeds it to to Aaron a couple times, and so Aaron has a bunch of visions. What's the point in enforcing it on your on Aaron though? Well, this is the big question, right? And so um, my theory is that Aaron has uh, telepathic abilities like Bran and that Euron is training Aaron in the same way as Bloodraven is training Bran. Mm. So he's putting him through similar experiences. So if you think about what, what Bloodraven did to Bran, right? 
Bran was having dreams. Blood, you know, Blood Raven was sending him dreams. Aaron has been expe- has been experiencing dreams. Perhaps Euron was the one, um, you know, that caused that. We don't know. So, but but then uh, Bran was put in the dark, uh, and when he was in the dark, is when his his third eye opened. This is he. This is what Bran says at the end of Clash of Kings that the the sensory deprivation caused his other senses to come alive, and so now Aaron has been put in the dark, and then. Uh, Bran, when he gets to the Weirwood, is given psychotropic drugs to enhance his telepathic abilities. Much like Danny was also given um, a Shade of the Evening, and and um, Arya is given a scented candle at the House of uh, Black and White. But we know that these these three psychotropic drugs are similar: Weirwood paste, the scented candle, and Shade of the Evening, because it's how the characters describe the sensation like it's shifting in 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 uh sensation like when when danny drinks it she thinks it tastes like rancid meat and then uh drogos come and when when bran drinks it wait wait, wait what was that last it, part dro- she thinks it tastes like drogos come for a second i'm not <laughs> i'm not making that up <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna put that i write that down i'm gonna have you read that chapter but gotta continue yeah um and when bran drinks it he thinks it tastes you know like um, like Drogo's come. That's it, fucking weird. What the fuck? Yeah. Um. And and when Bran drinks it, he thinks it tastes like uh, a kiss from Catelyn. Which you know maybe that tastes exactly the same as Drogo's come. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of other things, you know. And uh, when 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 Arya smells it, she thinks it tastes smells like Winterfell and all these different things and. And the shifting flavors, shifting scents, shifting experiences. And so when, when Aaron drinks Shade of the Evening, the same thing happens. It's sour and bitter and sweet and Shade of the Evening. But we, we kind of know that Werewood Pace, Shade of the Evening, and Scented Candles are, are the same thing um, and, and in, in what they do. They, they seem to expand, open somebody's mind, uh, enhance it telepathically or something. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's going. On. Yeah. So all of like, like all of these experiences are being given to uh, Aaron as if he's he's getting trained for something. So what does this Euron chapter really mean for the future of, of of the books and the future of the Iron Islands and and the whole battle of uh, what did you call it? Battle of Steel. Uh, I called no. That's the Battle of Blood. Mm. The Battle of Blood down in um in in Old Town. So I just did a video on this. Um, but the Battle of Blood is is so we have we've got at least four major battles. There might be more, but we have at least four major battles that are going to happen in the Winds of Winter. Mm-hmm. We've got the Battle of Ice with Stannis. We've got the Battle of Steel with John Connington. We have the Battle of Fire with Barristan and, and Tyrion and, and and such. And then we have the Battle of Blood with with Aaron and Euron and maybe Sam is going to you know see stuff we don't know. But um, but yeah, it's the Battle of Blood because. Um, I theorize that that uh, that uh, Euron is going to be putting blood in the water in order to attract krakens. No uh, way, really? Krakens, yeah, that's, that's, not sharks. Um, no, I mean maybe sharks, but I think that uh, we have a lot of people having visions um, over the past couple books of bloody water. Melisandre has a vision of bloody water. 
um, Makoro has a vision of bloody water and, and Aaron has a vision of bloody water. And we have a chapter, we have in the Ariana cha sample chapter, we have a maester claiming that bloody water, you know, draws krakens. So, um, you know, I think that, that Aaron is going to be, you know, he's been collecting bodies and, and sacrificing people. I think he's been taking their blood and that, um, He's going to, much in the same way in the Battle of the Blackwater. There was wildfire hidden in a big ship. Mm -hmm. He's going to have blood hidden in a big ship. And you think and, he's going to lure out actual giant krakens to come in and and destroy the Red One fleet? Yeah, that's my that's my uh, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Damn, that that'll be fucking awesome! Holy shit! <laughs> you need to, yeah, you need to watch my battle. Of, I spent a lot of time on this battle of blood video. I'm gonna watch it. And to be honest, I would rather you explain it to me instead of me watching it because that way, like people who haven't seen the video can also have it explained to them. <laughs> you know what I was? Well, like you're fixing season seven video, which we will get to very soon. <laughs> the um, I'll have to rewatch my fixing if we're gonna talk about that. I'll have to rewatch re it. But... What are you talking about? You're the one who made it. What are you talking about? I know, but it was that was that was a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of speaking of videos you've made, uh, someone asked us both, "What's the worst video you guys have ever made? Like, what do we think is the worst videos we've ever made?" And uh, I already have mine all lined up too. I, I didn't have to think long and hard about this one. This one was cringy when I went back to watch it. What, what, do you want oh. me to go first, or do you want to go first on this? Yeah, one? no, please, please go first. This is one of actually the first few. I'm gonna private the shit out of it so no one can see it. This is one of the first few <laughs> videos I've ever done comparing book and show. Because this was shortly after season three, uh, The Red Wedding. And I hated yeah. how they, they did The Red Wedding in the show. Because in the books, they nailed it perfectly. If you'll recall, yeah. The Red Wedding in the books has like the Northern Lords fighting back. Uh, Grey Wind mm. uh, manages to take out a guy. Uh, I, I think Rob even like someone. I think it's Great John who shields Rob from like like bolts of arrows. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what else? Uh, I, I absolutely hated the whole, the Lannister send their regard. Like, I hated that. I really love Jamie Lannister sends his regard because it's such a big fuck you to Rob mm. for letting Jamie escape. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I just, I just that, that video, like uh, the differences between book and show Red Wedding, I think the book did it perfectly. Uh, the way Catelyn goes out, um, the Northern Lords fighting back, they don't look like punks because in the show, like, they all get slaughtered immediately. None of them even try. Uh, Grey Wind actually does something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, that huh. that video, I think, is one of my worst. One of the worst I've done. Now i got to go private the shit out of it. But uh, what, what do you think is your worst video? Um, I mean, I don't... I don't... Uh, I don't... It's funny, like, thinking about the my, my older videos. Because, um... Some people really prefer my older stuff. Really, because um, I, I I I I go faster and I take I take bigger leaps. I think like over time because like in the beginning everyone's like Preston Jacobs so so uh, tinfoil. I think like over I think because of that like I was more re like now I go slower and I explain stuff more because I'm like I don't want anyone accusing me of jumping to a conclusion. Um, well, so in my early ones, I, I make these big jumps and I, I don't necessarily think the jumps are wrong, but I just like assume something, you know, and I just, and I just keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously those early ones that my sound quality is so bad and you can hear me like 
clicking the space bar to like stop the recording and all these different things. And so like like quality wise, I'm just like, oh man, that's just that's just crap. But I don't think I don't um, think you can really like go go with quality because like I don't know. I feel like a lot of us when we first start out, our mics microphones are shit. Like I, yeah. I've said so many times, and I'm I am gonna do it. Like what some of my earlier videos are so fucking lame. Cause I, I use like Windows Movie Maker and shit. Like it's back in twenty thousand fourteen. Yeah. Windows Movie Maker, like a headset microphone. It, it's just it was just so bad. Um, I I kind of question to be honest. I kind of question people who who make their first YouTube videos and they already have like a professional sound system all all ready to go. <laughs> like well oh I, I we all know your fucking intentions. Um, not doing it for fun, are you asshole? But uh, uh, you can't really. I think that's a cop out by saying some of your worst or you know low quality. You don't you, oh. if you if you don't think you have like a worse video, that's completely fine. It doesn't mean you're egotistical. No, no. I mean that's the thing is like I do like I do cringe when I when I watch it because of the quality. But then I'm like, um, but at the same time, like they're like some of those early ones are like like what made my channel mm-hmm. and like and and some people love them like like you know and so. It's weird. It's weird to like go back and be like, like watch the Dornish Master Plan, which is like I wouldn't have a channel without the Dornish Master Plan. But but still, when I watch it, I'm like, ah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have made that jump. Or like, ah, oh, I wish I just had better quality. Well, why don't you re-release like, it? I guess I could um, re-release it. So but, what? But it's like the time you put into a re-release, you can make a new one, a shiny new video. <laughs> so it's tough to say. Um, but no, I mean, I, if anything, like I look back on those old videos and, and they're still my children. I still love them in each way, you know, a little bit. I guess the, I guess the, my most, my most cringe is probably like my season five watch. And that's when I like, like was tr- like just exploring with the, the new characters and like trying to figure out what I wanted to do mm-hmm. on making fun of the show and, um, and you know they were done faster and not not with the same sort of like time that that I do the uh, the newer ones like season seven like the difference between season five watch and season seven watch is enormous, um, but like I look back at those ones and I'm just like oh it just looks so lazy, it's not lazy I was putting a lot of time into them but I didn't know how to do all of the the work and stuff so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean those are I guess I guess my I guess like the ones I'm most embarrassed of would be like season five watch. And uh, to wrap up this after show, someone asked us, I always forget, I need to start jotting people's names down, I do apologize. Uh, the worst thing season eight could do that'll ruin the season or the entire series for you. <laughs> uh, you want me to go first or you got this? Yeah, no, go for it, go for I, it. I would fucking hate if everybody, after they defeat all the, the White Walkers and stuff, if everybody learned their lesson. Which is, you know, to learn to work together and democracy and all that. I would fucking hate that because the whole the whole shtick about Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire is is while we're too busy squabbling over petty shit, the real danger is coming and we're not seeing it. I would l- I would think it's incredibly bittersweet and I would love it if after everything is said and done, everybody just goes back to doing exactly what they were doing before. No nobody yeah, yeah. learns their lesson. Everything is still crap. Uh, Everything is still still awful, and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. The, what what will ruin this? What will ruin the series for me is killing the Night King and having all of the all of the whites collapse 
that would that would just like just be like you lazy motherfuckers. Really, like, you you, fu- you don't want that Star Wars Battle of Naboo. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the end of Avengers. Yes. No. I mean that would just be so dumb. I and I the thing is, I totally think they're actually going to do it. They're going to do like, it. <laughs> like, you know, it's like there's there's a few lame things that I know are coming, and I'm going to hate them. Like like Arya badass killing a White Walker with her with her new dagger. Like I know it's coming, and I'm gonna hate it so much, and it's gonna ruin things for me. But it's just like I, uh, I kind of think I think there's like a seventy-five percent chance they're gonna pull, kill the kill the Night King, all the whites drop, like uh, the the battle droids. Anakin destroyed the, the, the Anakin destroyed the uh, the control ship. See, and now the that you said that the, that you hope they don't do it, they're gonna do it. You we we all know this. They're gonna do it. Dave and Dan listen to this <sighs> podcast yeah. just to hear the shit you don't like, <laughs> just so they can implement it. Just just so I can put it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, Jon Snow sitting the Iron Throne would be would be also really lame. Um, or like Tyrion getting elected president would also be really whoa lame. whoa whoa you're yeah <laughs> don't don't give away the 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 uh the, the topic for the next uh, video come on <laughs> i i hope george i hope george watches season seven and goes that's so fucking stupid i'm i'm just gonna make him ned stark's bastard he was he was really ned stark's bastard the entire time just as the a whole fuck time you, just as a fuck you to dave and dan well i mean see we have to ask yourself like like this is the whole thing. Like, if you were George, like, what would you do? Like, if you were George, wouldn't you change the story to be different from Game of Thrones? But at the same time, though, like, it's it, it's it's also it's also a question of pride. Does he have the pride? Like, like, why should I have to change just because they did it? You know. Well, I mean, like, like, why would you have pride in something that's predictable? Like if mm. let's say Game of Thrones has this predictable ending, like, like maybe Game of Thrones will have this incredible twist, and everyone would be like, "That's an incredible twist." I doubt that, but like, but like, why would you have pride in a, in a typical ending? Like, you know, maybe he's incredibly petty. I mean, like, like he <laughs> thought of the ending first, and they and they went overboard in making it very predictable. Like, you know, why should he have to change what they ruined? Is, is what I'm trying to say. But if I was George, I would I change it? Yeah, I would change a couple of things. I would tweak a couple of things. Uh, to me, to me, what I would do is I would make it seem like John really is the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna, and then just do a complete 180 and it's like, yeah, well, I hinted at it. Nah, fuck you. He's really Ned Stark's bastard. Yeah, that would be that would be that'd be fun. I mean, I kind of think like if you're gonna do John being. You know the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna. Like you just make it one big wasted potential. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it would have been great. He would have been. He would have been the king that everyone rallied behind. But he died. Oh well. <laughs> like that's that's more George's way. Uh-huh. Like like his endings are always like, you know, his endings are always negative or bittersweet or or, or he doesn't have very many happy endings. Um, and when he does, like it's you know they're not that happy. Um, you know, it's usually the main characters die and, and the, you know, there's something sad about it. Like that's how he, he likes having sad, beautiful, sad endings. So, you know, I, I just don't see Jon Snow sitting the Iron Throne, um, you know, or happy democracy, like at the end of the books, um, of the books. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I, you know, I've seen people, I see people write this a lot. They're like, oh, well, George, if he changes what he told Dan and Dave, then he's a hack. I was like, is he? Is he? How know. is he a hack? How would he be a hack? You know, like, isn't it a hack to like have some ending that you're just going to give to some TV producers and have them put it Who on Who may or may not be you? sexual harassers? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Allegedly. It's, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I think another another weird thing is is so the show never kind of went away from Jon Snow being the main character or Danny being the main character but the books have done that the books you know for a long time like uh, you know have been dealing with Dornish and Ironborn like and Cersei like Dornish Ironborn and Cersei became the main characters and so it's 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 odd to think like in George's mind, like, okay, the story you've been writing for the last 17 years has been about Dornish, Ironborn and Cersei. And yet everyone is still sitting there talking about Jon Snow. Like, like there's, everybody's waiting for that sequel to a storm of swords. That's never coming. You know, that, that cause Jon Snow sat around not doing very much for a dance with mm-hmm. dragons. And so did Danny, you know? So I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's odd. It would be odd for him to, to do that. Like, it's strange when I when I when I read fans and how dis, how they dismiss a feast for crows and and a, a dance with dragons, how they dismiss them as stories, and they they really think that the story is about John being Azora High and 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 that's going to be the end all, and he's gonna he's gonna be riding dragons and stuff, and you're like, like then why did he write A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons? Like, oh, well, that's just, you know, filler and world building. Filler. Like, like the dude, like, why would a man spend 20 years of his life, like, like making filler? Like, why spend 20 years of your that's life, such an like, introducing... Too. Like, filler, like, fuck, man. Right, but, I mean, a lot of people, like, I see this, I see it posted all the time, like, what's the point of the Ironborn, or what's the point of the Ironborn story, or what's the point of the Dornish story? Like and then people are like, well, the point of the Dornish story is to is to be is to be a letdown, you know, <laughs> to show right like to show Quentin being a fuck up and to show Doran Martell like you know being an idiot and you're like, you a guy spent twenty years of his life like writing books where the central plot is Ironborn and Dornish, you know, like it, why would he do that when he could have just jumped to to Jon Snow, like, saving the day. Well, to me, to me like, you know. Feast for Crows is introducing other houses who also have a stake in the game. What, what, what this television show really fails at is is making us want to root for someone other than the, the person we were supposedly supposed to root for in season one. Like, in season one, we're all rooting for Ned Stark, Bran, Jon Snow, all these Danny, uh, you know, Stark and Targaryen. Yeah. They're, like, the main characters. And we're not supposed to root for the Lannisters or anybody else because the Lannisters are supposed to be the bad guys. What Feast for Crows kind of does is introduce these other characters, these other houses that you can kind of get behind. I mean, there are, for example, I'll give you a great example. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, fuck. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a good series that you might know. Um, uh, well, like in, uh, God damn it, I can't think of one. Like, uh, what, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is, is that. George is trying to make it, in my opinion, where you're not going to root for... You, you shouldn't root for, like, the generic good guy houses. You should have your own favorite houses that you could root for. Like, the Dornish, they do things their own way. They have, like, unique culture. Mm. They have unique characters that you could, you know, get behind. Same with the Ironborn. The Ironborn, I, who I would say is my second favorite house, 
they have some cool characters who are interesting and who could win this game. And uh, it's not all about Stark, Targaryen, and Lannister. It's about, you know, Martells and yeah. Tyrells. They're in it, too. And that's what the show kind of fails at. You're right. They do really point towards Jon being the main guy you should root for. And they barely give, you know, Euron or uh, mm. uh, uh, Duran a- any screen time. So, Yeah, I mean, it's it's with the show, like, just look at what they do with the Dornish. They introduced the Dornish, and the Dornish died. And they had no impact on anything. Like, so why even have them? Um, and so a lot of people see that like, oh, that's going to happen in the books too. That that all of this stuff was introduced for no reason at all. Like, why would someone spend so many years of their life on an irrelevant, on, on a, like a tangent, an irrelevant tangent? It doesn't make any sense. So in, in my opinion, yeah, they're going to be really important. That That he has a phased story where... The, you know, these first characters are introduced and then he's he, those people die off and then he has a second phase and a third phase and then he's going to have these phased characters, you know. So, but, you know, but, uh, you know, some people don't believe that. They just like, well, all of those, all of that stuff with the Ironborn and the Dornish and Aegon, you know, John Connington, that's, they're, they're just going to die off. That was just irrelevant middle stuff. Also, um, you know what's you know what really irks me because you've said this to me a couple of times. Uh, you've said to me like you know we should start covering Westworld, and I, I got I got I got to late I got to sit down and, and get into it because I did see the first two episodes and it is it, it's good it's getting there yeah. uh, for me. But what's what kind of annoying is didn't Westworld come out in like 2016? Yes, yes. And they didn't even have a season this year. Like like Game of Thrones has a season every year. Yeah. What kind of annoys me is like they could have done the same thing in the Thrones. Like they could have taken a year off. Yes, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean Westworld was kind of a. I think it was a surprise. Like I, I, they, I think they were thinking maybe of only having one season. They'd got all these big named, big budget people, and then it did, it did, it did pretty well. And so they're like, oh, we need, we need some sort of Game of Thrones replacement. But at the same time, it was it was like so expensive to make that they couldn't possibly produce it. I see, and and because they're making Watchmen now, like you know Watchmen, right? Oh God, really? Yeah, they're making a Watchmen television series. I think it was announced like a while ago. Oh man, that's gonna be crazy. <laughs> that's gonna be crazy. I mean, like, and it's weird because like right. I mean, it's weird because DC is like brought Watchmen. They're bringing Watchmen into the regular DC universe. Do you know about this? I don't. Oh God. So, like, forever, so they had Watchmen, right? And then years later, they, they did a Watchmen prequel comic book, and everyone's like, okay, well, we can tolerate that. So now they're like, we're going to do a Watchmen sequel. And the Watchmen sequel is going to merge that universe into the regular DC universe with Superman and Batman and the whole shebang. And, and like, just the concept, like, people are like, that sounds horrible. Now, it, <laughs> it recently came out, and people are like, it's really well written, like the, the the first couple issues that have, or at least the first issue that I've that I've read reviews of, and they're like it's really good. For for but it's still like blasphemy, you know, <laughs> like making making this weird sequel, um, and merging it in with with the DC universe. It's 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 crazy, but yeah. Well, hopefully they don't fuck it up, and hopefully we're still going to get those Game of Thrones spinoffs. I haven't really heard anything about those spinoffs. Yeah, I mean, oh, they have to, right? I mean, they're not going to not do it. 
<laughs> well, Thrones is their highest rated shows, but even then though, like I still remember how like uh, this was this was slightly like before me coming into HBO. Uh, uh, the Sopranos, because when the Sopranos went out, it was still pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. So was The Wire, and they still haven't really followed up anything after those. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they've got well, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely gonna do at least one of those spinoffs, and then they've got Westworld, um, which. Yeah, I mean the first the first season was pretty strong. It was it was a really fun experience watching it all, and then I guess he got. I feel Watchmen. like it's more fun watching it with everybody, like everybody's theorizing at the same time. It was that that was the best part. Of, that was the best part because actually, like you know, once once they finished it, I'm, you know, Westworld. I won't I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it it doesn't finish as strong as you think it will. Like it finishes mm-hmm. okay, but it's you know you know you, you, we're expecting a little more. Maybe we maybe have really high expectations, but yeah. We will talk about Westworld on the Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> or, uh, I'm thinking of renaming the Game of Thrones podcast to Drogo's Come. So we'll maybe maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we'll have maybe we'll have uh, <laughs> yes, Catalan's Kiss slash Drogo's Come <laughs> through the Moon Door. I'm st- I'm still I'm still like a little a little a little onto through the Moon Door. Uh, but uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this after show of the Game of Thrones podcast. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Definitely check us there. Uh, Preston, do you have any videos upcoming that you can get us hyped for? Um, let me think. Uh, I'm, I'm continuing to do prepping for winter through the uh, the Elaine chapters. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to be working on um, more Night's Watch stuff. I'm uh, going to do a video on, on the timing of when Jon Snow gets stabbed versus uh, Stannis' battle. Um, I'm going to do a mm-hmm. video on... Jon Snow and the Half Hand, um, and their their journey, um, but but I've been I've been uh, been been pretty busy this month, so it's been tough. So we'll we'll, we'll try to get some things out. Also, guys, we, uh, if you you if you are a fan of the Game of Thrones podcast, of course, uh, we are going to have a special Christmas gift for you a uh, extra long episode. Preston, are you ready for this? What's that? We're going to be we're going to do a special extra long episode, and we're going to discuss your fixing season seven and <laughs> some season eight spoilers. Oh, oh, where where uh, where a certain character may or may not become president of West. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was so fucking stupid. I hope it's fake. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, guys, we are, we will see you next time. Thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, have a good one. All right.